No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jonah goes to Nineveh and preaches a message of judgment. Everyone in the city repents in sackcloth and turns from their evil ways. So the Lord relents from destroying the city. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Jonah chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. From the belly of a great fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord three days and three nights in such darkness where he felt his life was over. That changed Jonah's attitude. The Lord heard Jonah's prayer and spoke to the fish to vomit up Jonah onto the dry land. But what would Jonah look like after spending three days this way? Had the stomach acid begun to consume his hair so that he had bald patches? Was his skin bleached white? And then how did he smell? As he got up off the beach, he may have looked like the living dead. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So God's word came to him a second time. Now, Jonah had blown it. He had gone his own way. He was stubborn. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want God to save the Ninevites. Uh, But after this whole ordeal, God's word came to him again. And I'm so thankful that God does bear with us uh, even when we mess up, even when we, we fail or go our own way or sin in some way. Uh, God's call, his gifts are irrevocable and his word comes back to us. God's purposes will be fulfilled. He wants to fulfill them through us. And if we are willing, he will come to us again. And this is what happened. And so he said, go to Nineveh, that great city, And he said, preach to it the message that I tell you. Now, the first time God told Jonah to cry out against the city, but now he said, preach to it the message that I give you. And this is so important. It is the secret to any effectiveness in preaching or in the ministry is that we would proclaim the message that God gives to us, not our own opinions, not our own ideas, but the word of God. And so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now it would have taken him about a month to travel from the Mediterranean coast to Nineveh during that time. He had much opportunity to think about what God had taught him through all this. Perhaps one of the lessons he learned was that obedience to God is the best safety net. We need not fear either men or circumstances. If we fear God and if we obey the word, then we will have the help of the Lord. And so he went and he entered this great city. Now, Excavations have shown that the walled city of Nineveh was three miles long by one and a half miles wide, but the greater Nineveh area included at least two other cities, 
and had a circumference of about 55 miles. So it took Jonah three days to walk from one end of the city to the other, proclaiming his message. It was a very large city. So Jonah proclaimed this eight-word message, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. It's actually only five words in Hebrew. There was no hope given, no call to repentance, only a message of doom and gloom that the Ninevites had only 40 days left to live. Now, if Jonah did look like a walking, bleached zombie as he preached, it certainly would have added an eye-popping visual to his message of impending doom. Verse 5, So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Now, this is undoubtedly the greatest revival of all time. Here you have the entire city, from the greatest to the least, repenting of their sins, um, believing God, putting on sackcloth, mourning over what they had done, turning from their sins. It's amazing, and we can only hope that such a revival could happen in our land. I think it is the greatest need that we have is for there to be a national and even a global revival where people recognize their sins and turn to God in genuine repentance. The first thing here is that they believed God. So we don't know what all Jonah preached. It was probably more than these five Hebrew words, uh, but they had to know enough to put their faith in God and they believed in him. Then they acted accordingly. They proclaimed a fast and that would be an outward manifestation of their inward mourning. Then they put on sackcloth, which was a coarse black cloth made from goat's hair that was worn tight against the skin. It was very uncomfortable, but it was a sign of mourning or repentance. And from the greatest to the least of them, everybody in the entire society was doing this. It wasn't just a few. The, the entire uh, city, this great city, all did this together. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. So even the king laid aside his robe. He humbled himself before God. Now, when leaders are willing to humble themselves and turn from their sins, then it makes it easier for their people to do likewise. We lead by example, and the greatest leaders will lead by their example. Abraham Lincoln was a great example. During the Civil War, he proclaimed times of fasting and prayer and even days of thanksgiving and led by example. Verse 7, And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? So the king of Nineveh issued this proclamation to all of his subjects and he proclaimed the strictest fast, which would be a fast of both food and water. 
not only was this for the people, but also for the animals as well. Their, their domesticated animals would fast uh, as well. And then they would all wear sackcloth, including the animals. I've never heard of sackcloth on animals before, but his actions were thorough in showing a real intent to change. Then they cried mightily to God. This was not just a routine prayer. This was a heartfelt prayer like, God, come through for us or we die. And so then he said that they must turn away from their evil ways and their violence. And of course, it was because of violence that God was pronouncing this judgment. The Assyrians were renowned for their terrible, horrifying deeds where people would rather commit suicide than be uh, turned over to the Assyrians. They would skin people alive. They would bury them alive. Uh, They would just do horrendous things. And so he said, we must turn from all this. And who can tell what God might do? Now, there was no guarantee. There was no good news. There was nothing like, well, if you do these things, then God will forgive you. There was nothing like that. They were just hoping that maybe God would change his mind uh, and that the judgment wouldn't come. And they probably figured, well, what do we have to lose? We're going to die anyway, so let's just see what God will do. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. I love this. It's like God couldn't stop himself. You know, now he knew ahead of time. This is why God was so adamant that Jonah go to Nineveh to begin with. He no doubt knew that they would repent. Uh, But now it was still upon them to do it. You know, there's God's sovereignty in the situation, but there was man's responsibility to turn from their sins and to seek God. And when they did it, then God relented from the disaster that he had proclaimed. But I think what is so marvelous about this story is that it shows us the way to revival. Now, this has been something that's been on my heart for many years, that God would show us the way to revival. I believe that it is the only hope for our nation. I believe it's the only hope for the church to be effective in the culture. Judgment must begin in the house of God. There needs to be revival within the church. And how do we do that? And I believe there's four steps here that we see. First, there needs to be the faithful preaching and the faithful hearing of the word of God, God's message. It's not our opinions that people need to hear. It's not a social gospel or a political gospel. It is the empowered, spirit-inspired word of God. Second, people need to believe in God. They need to believe that what God has said is true and where God has called out sin, that we need to accept it as sin and turn from it. Then there needs to be the actions based upon our faith. Just like they put on sackcloth, they declared a fast, they cried out to the Lord, they took action based upon the message that they heard. And then finally, we need to turn from our specific sins. It may be sexual indulgence or pride or selfishness or the lack of love or laziness or materialism or hypocrisy. These things that separate us from God and cause us to lose our effectiveness as his people, we need to turn from these things as the Lord convicts us of them. And if these things happen, then 
I believe there could be revival. I wonder, could there really be revival in our land? And I believe that there could be if we would do what the Ninevites said. Now, Jesus said to his generation that the men of Nineveh would rise up and condemn them because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and one much greater than Jonah was among them. And I believe that they will also rise up and condemn us if we do not heed this amazing word of God that we've been given. We've been given not just uh, five Hebrew words, but the entire revelation of God, including the New Testament with the words of Christ and the apostles. And if we just ignore these things and do not repent uh, and do not seek the Lord, then yes, I think what Jesus said to his generation would be true of us as well. We pray that that would not be the case. We pray that there would be revival and may God help it to come. Let's close in prayer. Father, we do just thank you for this story. And we and we could hardly believe it if it were not in your word. But Lord, here it is possible that people can hear your message and can be cut to the heart and turn from their sins and seek you. And Lord, we just pray that that would be the case. We pray that you would begin in the churches, Lord, we pray that you would begin with us, that you begin with me. And Lord, just bring revival across our land. Lord, a heartfelt repentance, genuine seeking of God. You said if we seek you with all of our hearts, we will find you. So we pray this and we ask it in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give towards this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. On Monday, we will return to Ecclesiastes and see where Solomon gives various practical exhortations. In his quest for wisdom, He discovered that God made man upright, but he has pursued many schemes. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.